We are the Riverside chapter of the Messengers of Recovery. We have chapters in Southern California and Arizona. We're a bunch of guys that either rode with the devil or chased him. We're the kind of guys that if you saw us in a crowd, you would think that if he can get sober, then so can I. We decided to throw our chip into the hat and talk about our recovery in the hopes that you can learn from this podcast that you don't have to use or drink even if you want to. We are not A-A-N-A-C-A-S-A and no one is from the damn D-A. Once a week, we hope to bring you the message of recovery from speakers, panels, interviews, and sometimes just a meeting. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to our webpage, www.riversidechaptermor.com. There you can listen to the podcast, ask questions or comments in our forum section, browse our support recovery t-shirts, or just find out a little bit more about us. That's www.riversidechaptermor.com. Tonight's broadcast is from the Salvation Army. Enjoy. My name's Steven. I'm an addict. Steve. Man, it's good to be here. I get excited when I come here, you guys. Why? Because I was sitting in those very seats. Um, you're in a good place, you know. Uh, like it says in our readings, man, give yourself a break, you know, uh, and, and learn from this thing, man. You know, quit tripping on the old lady and what's going on outside of here and take this little short six months and work on yourself, man. Dig deep in those books. Get to know what's going on with yourself. You know what I mean? And hopefully you will find what I've found in this program that you will love yourself enough to where you don't have to do the things that brought you here. Because that's what this is about. It's not about using drugs or alcohol. It's about finding out who you are, working on you, getting to like yourself. You know what I mean? Picking ourselves up, dusting ourselves off. And um, man, it's exciting. I get excited for you guys. I get excited for you guys. Because you guys, you guys got it, man. You guys have got a chance. If you give this thing a chance... Uh, you know, I, I'm not A-A-N-A, you know, uh, whatever, wherever you get in, you fit in, you know what I mean? But I like, the, I, li- I like some of the cliches in A-A and I like the cliches of N-A. We are clean and we're sober, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, uh, rarely have we seen a, seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path, you know what I mean? These are just suggestions that are written because it's not about me. It's about what this program tells us and teaches us. It's a, it's a program of suggestions, but it's also a 12-step program, you know? Get into those steps, man. Get into those books that they give you. Salvation Army is a freaking bomb-ass program. You know what I mean? If you're court-ordered here, man, great. You know, I'm glad that the judge saw fit for you to come here. You know, and, and the courts, man. Why do we sign these court cards? Even the courts know that this shit works. You know what I mean? So give yourself a break, man, and give this thing a chance. And you got a freaking life beyond your wildest dreams, man. You know, and I challenge you guys to write some, sit down and write some goals, some long-term goals. You know, some of us don't have driver's license. We don't have our GED, none of that stuff. Start out with those little goals, man. You know what I mean? Stay focused and go after your goals. And once you start achieving them, man, uh, they're called price tags for me. You know what I mean? I got my GED. You know what GED stands for? Good enough, enough, dummy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Go after those things, man. You know, those are little pats on your back. Uh, I call them price tags. You know, um, the price tags are getting higher, you know, because when we, when, we, when we cash that in, because I'm, 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 I'm a retread. You know, my first time here, I was able to put over 10 years clean, you know. I uh, got my own, you know, all the benefits of recovery. You got to be careful of the benefits of recovery, man, that they don't draw you away from recovery. Because I had my own business. I was a general contractor, and, and I got away from meetings, and, and 
I got away from my support group and I found myself all alone a lot of times. You know, and it talks about in our basic text the word halt. H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And if you're in any combination of those, you're in danger. Half the time when I was out there, when I quit working on myself, I was all of those. You know? And, um, you know, I, I quit working on myself. I got away from my support group, and I ended up relapsing, man. Uh, you know, after 3,900 days, I was 45 days shy of 11 years clean and sober. And uh, I found a beer in my hand. And um, it pissed my wife off. I drank the whole 18-pack. I didn't even catch a buzz. I guess it was just from the adrenaline. Uh, you know, and I... And I, and, and I I hate to say it, man, you know, uh, I went back out. I went back out, man. I was out there for five fucking years, you know, and um, I'm lucky I didn't die. You know, God saw fit for me to bring me back in, man, to tell my story. You know, and I thank him for it, man. Um, you know, at work today, I was working, I don't know if you guys saw the news, but that shooting, you know, that guy that jumped off the bridge and all that and Whitewater and all that, that was 200 yards from my job site. I had to break the barrier to get home. And all day long, I'm watching the traffic and seeing all these cops, and I just felt sick to my stomach, man, because I only can imagine what that guy was going through. He shot his old lady. Boom! My superintendent saw this shit all over the side of the glass in the car, and then he got out of the car and started beating the car with a freaking, it's just slinging shit everywhere. And someone saw him doing that and called the cops on him. And when the cops arrived, he was throwing rocks over the freeway, over the bridge, right? And I guess they went to detain him, and he jumped off the bridge, you know? And, um... I can only imagine what that, you know, that, that pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization, that point of no hope, that point of despair, and just fuck it, and oh, you know, I, I've been there too many times, man, you know, and that, that was just my God showing me as I'm watching freaking the traffic and seeing all, all the shit going on, and just, just reminded me today, all day long, man, of where I could have been, you know, and that could, but for the grace of God, that was me, you know, um, I don't know, man. I love you guys. I love you guys. Nobody's told you they love you today. I love you, man. You know, I really mean that. You're in a good spot. This program is bomb. Leave that freaking warehouse alone. Don't be freaking, you know, I know they get freaking truckload. Open up the, yeah, it's like a freaking big old free-for-all. I remember that shit. I was on restriction the whole time I was here. Uh, Ray up in the warehouse, when he finally kicked me out of the warehouse, man, he freaking, I was, I was dressed like a woolly mammoth. I had all these badass clothes on. He's like, come here. You know what I mean? And Al, man, when he, when he sent me to my freaking, sent me my, to, to, to bunk status, and uh, I walked by, and I was pissed off, and, and Al comes, hey, come here. I said, man, fuck this place, I'm leaving, fuck it, you know, da, da, da. He goes, hey, just do me one favor, man. He goes, give it 24 hours. If you still feel like leaving, I'll help you pack your shit. And that saved my life, man. I saved my life, you know? Not, not, not acting out on those, on those, on those freaking, those feelings, and, and, and da, 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 da. You know, actually sitting down and thinking for a minute, and, and, you know, and, and I admitted I was wrong, man. Um, you know, and then I went to I went to pots and pans in the kitchen. That was a whole other story. Woo, you guys eat good here, man. You guys eat good. You know, it's a good place, man. That freaking lake with the little Elma, uh, Fred and uh, Ethel out there. On the, the geese are still here. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, cool place, man. Cool place, man. You got you guys got a chance. You got a fighting fucking chance. You got a fighting chance, man. You're here. You know, um, I can't say it enough because. You know, when I was sitting in those seats, I was thinking about where I was going to go when I got out of here, my little job I was going to have, and I, 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 I challenge you guys to write down your future and what you want in your future. I'd be embarrassed to show mine because my God blew me away with my life today, man. You know what I mean? I sell myself so short. You know, I really do. And I do have to say, man, everything that I've been given has been a direct result of Narcotics Anonymous. The people I have in my life, my job, everything, my old lady, everything, you know? Um, so get, you know, when, when, you, when you go on your passes, when you get out of here, I, I, I challenge you again, 
find an outside meeting by your house or wherever you're going to be going to. I almost said parole to, but whenever you get out of here, you know what I mean? Go, go, so, you're not, so when you get out of here, you're not lost, you know? Um, and if you don't have a home group, you're running around homeless, you know? And if you're not working the steps, this is a 12-step program, man. If you're, not work, if you, if, if you're, if you're in here uh, not working the steps, you are loitering with the intent to recover, you know? It's, they call it the dry drunk. You know, so I challenge you guys, man. And when you guys run out of lines on your homework, I used to sit in the back and do my homework because uh, it was always on Monday night when the H and I panel come, and I had to go see Colonel Allen on Tuesday. And I was, no, nope, not me, no. And then I got, then I got serious about it. I really got serious about it, man. And when I ran out of lines, I would, I would add paper to it. You know, um, if you really want to dig deep, get into that flat book on Narcotics Anonymous and answer those questions, man, to, to your best of, of your ability. You know, you're gonna find out. You know, by me working the steps. Um, so my sponsor has me working one through twelve, and then he has me. And then he has me. Where are you at today? You need to do this step. You need to short. You need your seventh step. You know. You need to work on the twelve. You know, he has me bouncing around, which is cool, man. It, it keeps me grounded, you know. But um, man, I remember freaking doing those steps, man, and um, just digging deep. Uh, some of the questions, you know, I really don't like to answer. I start sweating. I freaking be burping on my dinner, and you know, there's a couple questions in there, man. When I really got honest, dude, I ended up throwing up afterwards. You know, but working those steps, I found out I suffer with self-pity and fear. You know, self-pity is too far into yesterday and fear is too far into tomorrow, you know. And one foot into tomorrow, one foot into in yesterday, you're pissing all over today, right, with, as the saying goes. Um, so I just challenge you, man, to dig deep. You know, get with the winners, man. We all know who's shucking and jiving in here. We really do. You know what I mean? You want to shuck and jive? Give your bed up, man. There's people out there dying that need your fucking bed. You know what I mean? Quit fucking around. Go, go get done. You know, and hopefully you make it back. You know, thanks for letting me share. I'm Cole and I'm an addict. Cole. 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 Grateful to be here. Uh, <clears throat> I rode my motorcycle in from Anaheim to come share my experience, strength, and hope with you guys you. on my Friday night, you know, um, because that's what somebody did for me. Um, I have a, a clean date of... Uh, uh, February 23rd uh, 2000 so I just took a uh, just took a year and it took me uh, took me a couple years to put that year together you know um, uh, <clears throat> you know I'm 52 years old I did the whole thing incarceration I shot dope I drank vodka in and out <clears throat> just got in a lot of trouble got sentenced to rehab uh, I got out in uh, 2016 of March and um, went into rehab and um, with with no intention of, of recovering, just getting my PO off my back, you know. And um, <clears throat> I remember seeing the 12 steps on the wall, and um, I read them, and they didn't do shit for me. So I just went to the back of the room, couldn't get any further away from the meetings they would take us to, and just ate the cookies and drank the coffee and girl-watched, you know, until I finally heard a guy share. Because um, I'm unique, man. Like, like, like um, when I was using... Um, I was back at home. I would run the streets and then I would come back home. But I was using at home and I was using a lot, I thought, you know. And so I didn't really want to share. I thought I was different. I could I could use a lot of dope, you know. And I was like, man, I don't even want to, like, share that with anybody. But when I started coming into the rooms, man, other people were like me. They were, they were hardcore users. And then this dude spoke. And he shot dope, and he drank 100-proof vodka. I was like, no way. This dude's worse than me. I, I don't know if that's the right term, but so I grabbed him up as my sponsor. He had 10 years uh, 
he had 10 years sober. Um, I qualify both for both programs because I drink and use, so I went into AA. And um, uh, I remember reading the steps again with, uh, with a sponsor and that had knowledge of the book. And as I started going through the steps, they started to make sense to me. And my life started changing. I started having an awakening. Ended up putting together two years and eight months. Got my, fa- I got my family back. Everything was going good, man. And um, as time went on, as I got up to that two years and eight months, um, you know, I had a lot of commitments. I, I, I was doing a lot of stuff, but I, I wasn't working on myself. I, I had quit calling my sponsor a lot i'd quit reading the book i just started girl watching again that was found out that's one of my addictions that i still work on today and um end up meeting the chicken there and sneaking off with her after the meetings and um everybody knew about it i was married everybody knew about it in the meetings and even my sponsor said you got to tell your wife or I'm going to fire you. And I was like, well, I'll fire you first. And then um, my wife ended up catching me by um, tracking my iPhone, you know, and I came home and um, I still, you know, even though I was doing dirty, I still had some honesty in me. And I told her, yeah, man, I've been fucking around. And she kicked me out of the house, you know. And so um, I'm not real proud of that, losing my family in recovery, because a lot of us, you know, get them back in recovery, and I end up losing my family in recovery, you know, and um, and um, I ended up uh, staying out there and um, not like communicating. My family didn't want to communicate with me, so I didn't try to communicate with my wife or my kids. They didn't want to communicate with me when I should have been reaching out to them. I just never did, you know. And so um, as time went on, I was just, you know, sewing my oats, getting around the program, doing my thing. And then um, I couldn't put no time together, man. I end up meeting a girl in NA, so that's why I transferred to NA. And I put a month together here, I put a month together there, and and just couldn't get no time together, you know. And eventually, um, what what helped me too is um, I had about shoot, I think I only had a well, I've been prospecting for eight months, and then about a month and a half before that, so I only had a couple months when I I. Uh, found this motorcycle club you know and then um that helped i i believe this is what's helped me to stay clean today because i like being a prospective member of this club and um so when i i recently put together my year i hadn't been working the steps the the steps in narcotics anonymous are a lot more thorough than they are in alcoholics anonymous and so i just been um beating around the bush been having trouble with my last relationship um i couldn't really pinpoint what was going on till one of my friends said you know you gotta love yourself before you can love others and then i thought how can i love myself when i've lost my family and stuff like that you know and i knew and and so by me starting the steps i knew i had to reconcile some shit in my life before I even got to the fourth step, you know? And then that's where a transformation took place, you know? Um, it just happened just recently. Cause I, well, like I said, when I took my year in February, I hadn't even completed the, the 12 steps. I kind of got by on wanting to stay in this club and stuff like that, but I really never wanted to use, but I wasn't working on myself, you know? And I was sad. A lot of the club members seen me around. I, I kind of like, I got a mean look anyways, but I I just they could tell something was wrong you know and what it was is um uh i lost my family man and and they had been trying to communicate with me a little bit and and i was 
I wasn't ready to like confess my sins or whatever, you know. And um, by starting my steps recently, um, I mean, I just started crying and I've been praying a lot. And um, I just, um, my daughter wouldn't talk to me. My son was talking to me a little bit and his mom would talk to me now and then for me to come help around the house. But I reached out to him and I told him I was really sorry for what I had done. I was ashamed that I left my family in recovery and that I would like to try to make it right, you know. And um, so slowly my wife and my, my son started talking to me. My daughter still didn't want anything to do with me. And then I just stay diligent. You know, I continue to work my steps today and my life's getting better. I smile a lot more. I'm a lot more happy. And um, all of a sudden I got a call from my daughter. You know, she said that, hey, you know, let's go to lunch. And we ended up going to lunch and cried. And I confessed a lot of stuff that we had done. Um, I'm 52 years old. My daughter is 32. You know, I just came into recovery four or five years ago, and, and it's unfortunate incident that we were using together out there, you know, because um, she was like 25 years old, and we weren't using together, but we were both using, and, she, and it made it okay because I was using, and, and she fucking blamed me for that, and I don't blame her at all for it. She said, I seen you doing it, and I thought it was okay, and so I, we cried a lot of tears, and I apologized to her for everything, and um, I've been uh, making a, a daily amends to my family right now, you know, and um, it's all because of the 12 steps of, of uh, Narcotics Anonymous, you know, it was just the knowing that I was going to have to work the steps, I was going to have to get some shit right in my life, and um, it's funny how that works, because usually it all comes out in the steps, but I knew what I was looking at when I would start the steps, and because and, they changed my life before, man, like, like I'm a fucking gangster addict, you know what I mean, I ran an IE, I'm, I got it all over me and it's like I was a hardcore guy out there I was fucking mean and violent because I was angry with myself and and I didn't care about anybody and and now man I, I, I man I watch the Hallmark Channel and cry I don't give a fuck what people think you know I, I love you know and, and things have gotten better like I said you know I was a little sad walking around recently but but things have been gotten getting better you know and I and I give it all my credit to my higher power as God because I pray every morning and and um and the power of the 12 steps you know because I've worked them before and I'm on my starting my third step but um it's like man I haven't even had to get to my fourth step to already I knew I had to start making amends you know and I'm telling you man just by making amends to people or praying for somebody you don't like just lifts a burden off your shoulders man and um it's just um that's the best experience and strength and hope I can give you is the to, to reach out to somebody and, and and not necessarily say you're sorry but but make amends to people you know be the bigger person because I was stubborn my daughter she was like me she's all <clears throat> sleeved down and she's gangster and, and called me piece of shit and all the streets the street words that hurt you and I had to like get above that and go you know what listen I love you and and I'm sorry and then now we're back in a relationship because of it, man. Because I had to notch myself down from thinking I'm a badass and be a father. I wasn't a good father, man. But any of you that can change, be a good son, brother, whatever you are, I mean, there, there's there's hope for us all. You know what I mean? I'm just now getting that. And so, but I'm grateful and I, and I give God 
my higher power, the the credit and the twelve steps of Narcotics Anonymous for um, helping me to change. It's it's about change. We can remove the drugs or alcohol, but we have to change what's in here, man. So our thinking's different, you know. Thank you. That's all I got. My name's Daniel. I'm an addict. Daniel. I keep seeing that give up up there. You know, we don't want to give up. I'm ex-military, ex-football player, wrestler. I don't fucking give up. Street fighter, you have to kill me. And that's where I ended up with my addiction. Ended up homeless and uh, dying in a hospital. You know, same, same story. Had a great life, had a great marriage, but uh, I wasn't gonna give up my secrets. And I hid that shit from my wife for 20 years. You know, I was an addict and uh, any excuse I could find to get out of the house and get loaded. Um, any excuse at work to get loaded. And I didn't know how to give up. And I didn't know how to give up my secrets, man. And, and I held secrets my whole life. Um, you know, I knew what I was doing was wrong and I knew I needed help, but I, I didn't know how to give up. People came to me and said, you got a fucking problem. No, I don't. And uh, I found out I had a problem. And uh, I used to always feel like, uh, what the hell? Everybody would ask me, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? You know, you're fucking going off on people. You're violent. You're doing this. You, you got a good life. You're smart, blah, blah, blah. I don't fucking know what's wrong with me. And what I found out, uh, you know, once I started in this program, that uh, I'm an addict. And I, I had to give up and I had to admit that to myself. And, and uh, you know, when I was homeless, uh, yeah, it's funny where, where God slams you down at, you know, when you finally reach the end of the road. When at the end of the road, we can no longer function as a human being. Um, I couldn't function as a human being anymore. And uh, I didn't care about my family. You know, they told me, quit or we're leaving. And fuck, I'd rather get loaded. Even though I knew they're going to go, I still wanted to get loaded. And uh, but I got slammed down in... in uh, Riverside, man, and I ended up uh, running across a group of men that, uh, that I, I, you know, I would hear these guys ride in on motorcycles on the weekends, and uh, I'd think, who is that, man? And, and uh, I would see the sign over their, over their building that said recovery, messengers of recovery. But I kept seeing recovery, and one night I was just bawling, man, thinking about my family and everything else. So I uh, decided to go over there and interrupt their uh, their meeting. And, uh, you know, some of these guys are big, scary-looking guys, you know. And, uh, like, I need help, man. And they looked at me across the table kind of silent. A couple of them got up, gave me a meeting directory, and uh, gave me a little bit of hope. And I started, uh, started into the meetings. And uh, they told me, uh, stay clean, get a bike, come ride with us, keep an eye on the clubhouse. And, uh, and something I always knew about bikers is, is uh, they keep things to themselves when it comes to uh, what goes on in their life. You know, they're, they're like when I was in the military, the brotherhood, um, if he tells me something, it doesn't go anywhere. If he tells me something, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, if I tell somebody something, it doesn't go anywhere. So that appealed to me when I started into meetings. Um, there was another guy from another club that uh, I knew I could trust, like because I have these secrets that I need to give up. 
or I'm going to get loaded over him. So I trusted this guy, and, uh, and he gave me some good direction, man. And, uh, and what that was, what I found out later on was, was I was surrendering. Um, and I, I, I just surrendered the fact after I worked my steps that I'm responsible for my own misery and my own problems. And uh, I created those problems. Nobody else did. All the people I was blaming and all that, you know, um, I had to surrender to real facts that a sponsor told me when he, when he told me things about me that I didn't like. And, hey, you know, you need to work on this. This is a character defect. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to give that up yet. And, uh, and I would act out on those things and I'd call him and he'd say, look, man, if you don't deal with those character defects, you're going to keep acting out on those things. And it's gotten better over time, you know. And I, and I had to trust that, uh, you know, there is a, a higher power and, uh, and that I can leave problems with that and, and – uh, you know, I'm, I'm being brought back to sanity. I was insane, man. And, and I didn't even want to admit that. You know, I have to surrender to those facts that I was fucking insane, the shit I was doing, you know? And, uh, you know, this is a fucking great ride, man. If you surrender, I get to ride with these guys now, man. Like, here I am, you know, a little while later. And it's taken some hard work. And it's taken... Taking people, it says in our reading too that you know people who believed in me, and uh, some people believed in me, and and you know um, showed me love, man. Showed me uh, 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 that I can do this, and this is how you do this, and and, uh, and I surrendered, you know, my my will to uh, people that wanted to help me and to my higher power, and that surrender for me was the key to. Uh, to staying in recovery, and I have to do it daily now. But uh, it, it's, it gets better, man. It gets better. It gets fun if you want it to be, if you let it be. Your life isn't over, man. I'm, I'm older than a lot of these guys, and, and I've experienced some pretty neat things, you know. But uh, it, it, I, I'm, on a, I'm on for a fucking ride. Welcome to the ride, guys. You're on a fucking great ride if you let it be that. Um, you know, surrender and... and just uh, trust that that uh, if you do surrender to a higher power, um, you don't have to carry the bag of rocks and those problems around with you. Um, if you surrender to the program and you own up and, and you, you know, do those steps right there, man. I like that sign because it, it simplifies it. And, uh, and I'm starting to grow up. I'm an old man, but fuck, I still, still act like a little fucking kid sometimes, but... You know, I don't want to throw my little temper tantrum around, do shit, but it's getting better, man. As long as I just keep working on it every day and surrender every day to the fact that I'm a fucking addict, and if I don't do this thing, if I don't keep working steps, if I don't be of service, the people that were of service to me, that's the only reason I'm sitting here, man, is the people that fucking gave me a hug every morning at the morning meeting, even though I was fucking dirty and homeless and smelly and... You know, like like uh, they didn't judge me. There's a thing called traditions too, not just the steps, but there's traditions that go along with these things. And and traditions three says we don't judge. Anybody's welcome here. And and one of the funnest things at my meeting that I'd go to every morning, it's a bunch of bikers there, 
And uh, they would say, you are a member when you say you are. And all these big fucking bikers would go, arr, and it sounded like a bunch of fucking pirates, man. And, I was, and they'd welcome me and say, come on, man. And I rode, I ended up getting this little scooter. And I'd fucking ride in there amongst all the Harleys. And they'd go, park it right here with us. And then we'd leave to go to breakfast. And they'd say, you ride in front. And, you know, shit like that. That doesn't fucking happen in the real world, man. That shit does not happen. You don't park a fucking little tiny Jap scooter next to a bunch of fucking Harleys with a bunch of bikers. But these guys were NA, hardcore, fucking to the bone. They don't. They weren't just NA. Some of them did both programs just to make sure they filled in their life with meetings to stay of service and stay busy. And uh, it made it fun, man. And it, it's a program of attraction, and that's what attracted me. And that's why I'm sitting here today wanting to carry a message to you guys that if you let this be, you can... I don't care if it's bikes, boats, cars, planes, trains, whatever the fuck you want to do, as long as you stick to your program and, and you'll find your dreams come alive, man, that those things you gave up on in, in your, you know, in the past, you'll find those things starting to come back and you'll, you'll want to do things, man. You may want to have a totally different dream, man, that once you work your steps, you may find out, oh, I never realized that's what I wanted to do or that's what I wanted to be. So welcome, you guys, and thanks for coming to listen to us tonight, man. Thanks, Daniel. I'm Chad. I'm an alcoholic. Chad. Or addict, since we did all the NA reading tonight. I like all the fun stuff. doesn't matter. I like hanging out in alleys and garages and hotel rooms, the cheap ones. Or um, if we get a good, we get a good paying girl that's hanging out with us, we get the good ones. Um... I love how enthusiastic Steve was this evening. He's just so happy to be here. I, I, I was tripping out. I was watching him reminisce on different rooms he was in, and and like I, I it's a trip because I, I I've been doing a panel at a boys' facility, and I start talking to them about juvenile hall, and, and I start spouting off, and I, I reminisce too about the different places I've been, and I think about it, and. I, I don't know if I would go so far to say as is I you know I miss those places, but it was simpler. You know, and and I, I look at you guys sitting here, and, and I think back to when I went to sober living, and um, sober living was a simple time, right? You know, I, I got to work a little bit, um, I got to get with the sponsor, I, I got to do some step work, and and I really don't have a whole lot of other stuff going on. There's not, yeah, there, there's stuff that's spinning in my mind, but it wasn't everything that I have on my plate today you know and they used to tell me early in recovery like hey be careful what you pray for you'll get it and you're going to get everything that comes with it you know um, uh, my sobriety date is January 1st 2010 I didn't get sober on New Year's Day because I thought it would be cool I got sober on New Year's Day because I ran out of dope in county jail and that's just what it was and I got out five days later and I went back to a sober living that I had went to when I was in print when I got out of prison and um and that there was nothing past go back there and get some stuff again, you know. And I, you know, some of you might be in that same boat. Let me get some stuff. Let me let me let me get healthy again for a little bit. Let me get a car, a job, an old lady. Let me let me get right for a little bit. And uh, at three months sober in that stint, that the memory popped up a while ago. Um, that I, I I was working for a guy and I totaled his truck and two two other cars on the 210 freeway, stone cold sober. And I remember standing on the side of that freeway and I remember looking at these people that I had hurt and it was an accident. It wasn't, you know, there was 
It was just rainy, and, and you know, the, the back tire of the truck spun out of control, and I ended up sideways in the middle of the freeway. But I remember looking at those people, and those feelings that I used to feel when I was out on the streets came back up. And I remember thinking to myself, if I don't start to do something different, I'm not going to have a life. I'm a two-strike felon. I've got two prison terms. I know exactly where I'm going to go. I know what I'm going to do. I know the things. I know the places that, that I end up. And, uh, you know, I, I made a decision to call that figurehead sponsor at that time, and I started to get to work. And I started to learn what this program is about. Hanging out here is cool. Going to meetings, it's awesome. You're going to see some pretty faces. You know, I used to, I was one of those guys. The first, the first time, when I got out of prison, the first time I went to a meeting, this girl looked at me and she came up to me after the meeting and she was like, hi, I'm such and such. I go, I'm Chad. And she goes, are you going to be here tomorrow? I go, absolutely. And I hung around Alcoholics Anonymous for the wrong reasons. I wanted stuff. I wanted things. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted that prestige. And that's not what this program is about. You know, when I started to get into, into what it really was, when I started to get into that step for me, when I did step one for reals for the first time, for reals, not sitting in here saying, yeah, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic. You know, not telling my mom, my sister, my brother, my cousin, none of, none of those people, the judge, none of them. When I was laying in my bed one night and I realized I'm an alcoholic, it hit me in the stomach. Because there's only one other solution. If you take step one to the fullest, you only have one other solution. And that's the rest of the steps because you've bought into it and it works. You know, I had an issue with God. I grew up in the system. I was, you know, I was adopted at birth when I was seven. I was taken out of my home and I grew up in boys homes and, and, and foster homes all over California. Um, a lot of shit happened. You know, I had an issue with, with, with God and, and I had to, it took me two months of sitting down with a paper with my sponsor twice a week trying to figure out what my God was, who my God was. And uh, I always believed it was just, fuck him, you know? What kind of a God would allow a, a child to have this kind of a childhood? And I was able to come to something that at that time, you know, at three months sober, the God that I had then is not the God that I have today. You know, that relationship has, has gotten deeper and bigger and, and the fourth step's easy. I mean, come on, we all sit in our room and think about all the shit you've done. You think about it, just put it down on paper. How hard is that? Stop being lazy. Stop procrastinating. That's all it is. For me, the fifth step was, uh, was the kicker. That's what pushed me back on the fourth step so many times because I knew once I finished the fourth step, then I got to sit down and I got to tell on myself. And I don't know about any of you, but I didn't make a habit of telling on myself when I was out there. It's not what I do, you know? No, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <coughs> And, uh, you know, six and seven are, 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 for me today, the hardest things that I have to do on a, on, on a, on a regular basis. Six and seven is, is <laughs> I'm 11 years sober. I don't have any character defects. What are you talking about? <laughs> Talk to my employees. They'll tell you. I, re I, I yell at, I, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, but I, I, I try and. I try and be a better human being. I was talking, I've got a 20-year-old kid working for me today, and, and, and he, he watches me sometimes, and I tell him, I try, and, I, try and, I try and do more good than harm throughout my day. And I'm not always perfect at it. You know, like Cole was talking about, I ruined a marriage and I lost a family in sobriety. You can chase other things in sobriety real easy. 
you know, I still chase money. Um, you know, people, I, I like to buy stuff. You know, I like that quick fix. I like to, to buy new motorcycles, um, trucks, and, and, and just stuff. You know, and, and I like to chase pussy. You know, I love that. I love the feeling that I get when I know I can get her. You know, everybody wants her. I got her. And, um, you know, but that's, I did that in marriage. And I lost a marriage and I ruined that. And I had to, nothing's been, nothing. I've never done anything harder than sit across from the woman that I loved at one point and will always have love for and have to make amends for things that I did sober. Not loaded, sober. Because I have no excuse for what I did other than I was just being a shitty human being. You know, and there's a little girl that will barely talk to me that, um, you know, I, I will do anything. I, I text her every day and I get a text back about once a week, you know, and, and it's just what it is. Those are the consequences. I, I had a guy who passed away. His name was Larry Stevens. And he told me when I got sober, he says, you can do absolutely anything you want in sobriety, everything, as long as you're willing to accept the consequences. I'll tell you what he didn't tell me. We don't always know what those consequences are going to be. What happens if I go one step, one step too far one day and I find myself at a little over 11 years or wherever I'm at with a beer in my hand? I know what I like. I don't, I don't want one beer. I want a bottle of whiskey and a, and a bag of dope in a hotel room. You know, That's what I want. I know those. That's my truth. You know. I've done the rest of the steps. I've walked through all the rest of the steps. I've had the opportunity to take guys through the steps. And I've had the opportunity to get some promises in this program. Not the stuff. Forget the stuff. Forget the, the bikes and, and, and the job and the, and the being self-employed and all the good stuff that comes with it. Forget that. What I love is that my brother just got his second DUI. And he still doesn't. He, keep, he thinks he's having bad luck right now. And um, I just laugh at him. And... and you know, now he was a Class A driver, and I, I get to employ my little brother, the one that I used to steal money from when I would go to his house when I was running the streets. I get to be his employer. And he's not the greatest employee, but whatever, you know. And he uh, he was messing with this psycho girl, and now he, uh, <laughs> he texts me a picture of him one morning, and he's got a black eye, and he's like, she went off on me, and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, fucking kick her out of the house, dude. And Well, now she's pregnant. And he's flipping out, and I'm like, don't worry. And I get to be a big brother. And that's the promises right there. Because I'm the brother that was always in prison. I'm the brother that was always running the streets. I'm the brother that was, oh, he's over here doing whatever it is that he is doing. And now I get to suit up and show up for him. That right there, none of the bikes, none of the, any, anything that I can tell you material-wise cannot explain to you that it, it can't, compared to to that right there that I get to be a brother I get to be a son I get to be a friend I get to show up when people need me to show up and that right there is a direct result of the program period right and it, I, I I worked all my steps out of AA I, I understand NA's better whatever it is you know okay more <laughs> deeper whatever you want to do we can but you know in, in the 12 and 12 it talks about you know there's a, there's a part for me that always stuck out, and it says, Attendance of a few meetings is good indeed, but it's bound to be a far cry from contented sobriety, or excuse me, from permanent sobriety and a contented, useful life. And that last line right there is what I want. I don't want a contented, useful life. Right? I don't... I, 
I had a lot of stuff. That I don't want anything to do with the life that I had. When I walked into Alcoholics Anonymous, I had tattoos around my whole neck, my face, and my hands. Right? I was a white boy from a, from a neighborhood in Compton, and I did a lot of way out shit. I've been shot, I've been stabbed, and I've done it all to other people. And that person that walked in is not the person that I want to be at all. I have no association with that person at, at all anymore. Right? I get to be that brother. I get to be that son. And uh, for the past 10 months, I've got to be a prospect, which is really difficult sometimes. Really. I just, you know? I'm a business owner. I walk onto my job site. I'm the boss, and I walk over to the clubhouse, <laughs> and I got to just put my head down. You know? But wherever you find yourselves at, man, you know, if you guys go to Riverside, if you guys are from out this way, you know, our clubhouse is at 6820 Airport Drive. And if you go over there, we have meetings at least two or three times a week. And if you want to get what we have or if you want to just find people who are like-minded, who can show you how to live this life and apply different principles, come over there. Check us out. That's all I got. My name is Gotta Go. I'm an alcoholic. Gotta Go. I started drinking at a really early age. I, I can't even remember when I started to drink. But I remember that I, I didn't like what I drank, but I liked the effect of it. I grew up on a little farm. I worked on the farm a lot, and moonshine was readily available, and I drank it a lot. I remember driving my dad's 1952 Ferguson tractor either drunk or with a huge hangover. Had to do frequent stops to drink water and throw up. I got used to that. Um, I took that with me. That's the way I lived. Uh, all the way up to 2015. About 2010, I started to travel a lot. My drinking got worse and worse um, because I felt like I had no accountability while on the road. Um, I took advantage of that. I got in trouble. I start losing contracts. I start getting sick. My body couldn't take the amount of alcohol I drank. So I came home on Christmas Eve 2015 from a trip with another DUI, and I totally surrendered. I pretty much collapsed. This is it. I cannot do this anymore. Though I tried many, many times, like it says in the big book, we tried every imaginable way to stay sober. Um, and I always find a, an excuse to pick up and drink. I could stay sober for a short time, but then I went out again. This is crazy. So I went to the local AA club, introduced myself as a newcomer. People came up to me, men came up to me, talking to me in a way that I wasn't used to. And they introduced me to a guy that became my sponsor, and I, I, I sucked in everything they gave me because I knew that everything else I've done has failed. And I knew this place because I used to take my oldest son there when he got a DUI. Kind of ironic that I'm there a few years later myself after lecturing him about drinking and driving. I, I worked the program. I did 90 meetings, 90 days. I did all, all that was asked of me, I did. I worked the steps, I switched sponsor when it didn't work out good. I'm on my fourth sponsor now, which is all right. I'm very happy with my life at the moment. So I have five years of sobriety and for that I'm very, very grateful. What has been working for me is 
staying plugged in, being engaged, working with others, hanging around these ugly guys, go to, go to meetings, sponsor people, be of service, all these things that you hear about in the meetings, I do that. And I will continue to do that. And you know what? I like doing that. I go to meetings because I like going to meetings. Thanks for letting me share. Uh, my name's Alan. I'm an alcoholic, addict. Uh, I don't know. I've been to all the AA, NA, CA, and uh, SA. So I qualify for all of those. Um, Alan. Alan. My, my sobriety started a long time ago. Um, I got sober before I turned 24. Um, this year, next month, I'll be uh, I'll be celebrating 33 years old. Um, I got arrested the first time at 11 uh, with uh, with just marijuana at school. I don't have a colorful past like some of the guys in the club. I don't. Um, but I got sober early. Um, I know I, I had a rough time. I, I I I hit my bottom really really fast. From like age 17 to 23 and a half, I mean, I weighed 25, not 25, but I weighed 95 pounds when I got sober. Um, I knew I had a drug problem and I had an alcohol problem, and uh, I had an understanding boss that I was working with, and uh, I called him up and said, "Hey, I need to, I need to take some time off. I have a drug problem. I need to take care of it." And uh, by the time I got back to the office, I already had an appointment to go to College Hospital over in Cerritos. And I hemmed and hawed back and forth uh, whether I was going to go or not. My brother kept telling me, you could still drink and still smoke dope. You just got to lay off the meth and everything else. Because when I was out there using them, my friend and I, we were doing meth and freebasing at the same time. So I'm kind of lucky that my heart didn't explode. Um, the first meeting I went to when I got in college hospital because I I remember that I knew I was done all you guys can learn that now you can put down the shovel now you don't have to keep digging just put down the fucking shovel but for me I've, I've, I've been through a lot in the last 33 years um, and I've been miserable for the last five years I've been trying to work my wife's program because she's been in and out in and out in and out and uh, her last DUI um, kind of change things um yeah i've been miserable for five years not doing not doing what i need to do working somebody else's program not taking care of me but i've done a lot in 33 years i did the army for 23 years i've been to meetings in 20 different states in three different countries um my life has been back and forth back and forth but i have lots of people in the program i've been i've served with people in the in the army that were in the program that uh, kept me where I needed to go, um, and it was it was weird. I was in Iraq and uh, I was at an AA meeting, and we got bombed with rockets uh, out about from us to the the parking lot, and that's that's a weird experience to be sitting in an AA meeting and getting fucking mortar fire. It's it's crazy shit, um, but it, it gives you perspective. It gives you perspective. But like I said, I don't have a colorful past, but I. I've, I've, uh, I've watched both my parents die. I've been deployed. Um, I've done the Army for 23 years sober. Uh, I've been married, I've been divorced. I got married again. I've got great kids now. I've got six grandkids. Um, but you can still do stupid shit in recovery. 
I did a lot of that thing that Chad was talking about. I mean, I slipped and fell, and my dick fell in all kinds of women in my, in my marriage that I'm in now, and have to admit to my daughters, hey, your dad's a douchebag because he's out fucking other women, you know, and you have to uh, have to make amends to them and then face them, your kids, and say, you know what, I'm not a very good man. I'm not teaching you what a husband's or a father's supposed to be. So I was at a meeting, um, I don't know, maybe eight months ago or so, um, and a guy told me, uh, says, uh, you know, I shared about how miserable I was, and he asked me what step I was on. And I didn't have an answer, because I haven't worked a, a step in a while. I haven't had a sponsor, regular sponsor in a while, but I talked to a lot of people in the program, at my job, in the civilian life. I've gotten used to it, talk to anybody. But he says you're a step zero and you're chasing your tail. And that, that clicked um, for me. And just a lot of things has changed in the last eight months for me. Um, yeah, I started hanging around with the messengers. But it was for me, it's, I like riding my Harley, regardless of whether I'm riding with somebody else or riding by myself. But since I've done that, my marriage has turned around. Uh, I'm happier than pig and shit. You know, my wife is uh, coming up on two years. Uh, a week after I take 33 years. Life can be so much better. They were saying, you know, things get better, but you can't rely on it. Things change. Good, bad, or indifferent, things change in sobriety. Um, I don't know, I've, I've had a wicked ride, but you can put down the shovel at any time. You don't have to keep, just keep digging. Just put down the fucking shovel and move on. Work the steps, work the program, do what's asked of you, do what's asked of you, because, and it takes whatever it takes to get sober. You got to use whatever you can, because I know when, uh, when I first got sober, I was sitting in a meeting, and uh, I was talking about, they were giving away 30-day chips, and I, I said, man, I can't wait to get that, and I had 22 days. The guy says, fuck you in your 22 days. I stayed sober for six months on a fucking resentment, <laughs> just on a resentment. <laughs> It, 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 it takes what it takes. I had um, a guy tell me that I was living with. Um, three of us were living in a, in a non-sober living with three sober guys living in a house. He told me, you know what? I don't think you ever took an honest first step. Let's go out, get loaded, and we'll come back and we'll start all over from scratch. <laughs> yeah, no fucking way. That guy, a year later, they found him next to a dipsy dumpster. He OD'd on heroin. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been rough. It's been rough. You could do stupid shit in sobriety. But you got to keep your side of the street clean regardless. No matter what happens, you got to keep your side of the street clean. That's what saved me a lot of times. You know, there's been times that I got loaded, I wanted to get loaded and end up in weird places. I ended up, uh, I was going to L.A. to get loaded when I was newly sober, and I ended up watching uh, Scrooge at the Lakewood Mall. And I mean, that was a long time ago. Some of you guys weren't even alive yet. But it, it takes what it takes, you know. You end up talking to people that just out of the blue, but you got to find sobriety where you can find it. Pick people's brain in the program. Ask. Be able to share yourself when you have issues. I'm a grown man. I'll be 56 this year. I've got no problem crying in front of other men. It doesn't bother me. But like I said, put down the shovel. I'm not a unicorn because I have never relapsed. I just know that what happens if I go out and get loaded, I run that tape from the beginning all the way to the end, every single time. <coughs> Put down the shovel. You don't have to go back and get loaded. 
It's not worth it. Nothing's going to change. And when you go to meetings, you're going to hear the same stories from other people, the same shit. It doesn't change out there. It's still the same fucking bullshit. Same bullshit. But you can. You can work it. That's all I got. Thank you. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic. I'm also an addict. I qualify for pretty much every program also. 2017, I got a DUI. Um, I was in a Carl's Jr. drive-thru, and the guy in front of me said I bumped his car and then got scared when I got out of my truck because I'm, I'm a big guy and uh, called the cops. Cops showed up, gave me a field sobriety test. Uh, I passed it, and then I blew in the, the machine because I was a commercial driver, and uh, I got a DUI out of that. Um, you know, they, they, they send you the pro, that, that class, and they sit there and they tell you in that class that uh, if you don't stop drinking, you're going to be back for a second one. Like 90% of the people come back on a second one. Not me, you know, because I'm, I'm not an alcoholic, you know. So, and then I, I, you know, you have to do your nine AA classes or whatever, and I'd sit there and I'd, I'd look at these guys. I mean, you guys are fucking insane. You can't stop drinking. I can stop drinking anytime I want. You know, and then March 9th of 2019, uh, I rear-ended two cars. I was blacked out drunk. Rear-ended two cars at a stop sign, and uh, you know, thank God I was the only one hurt, because uh, I, I totaled all three vehicles. Uh, actually, I had a, a new Dodge Ram that the motor was sitting in the front seat. It was it was pretty. I broke my ribs, um, and I'm still not an alcoholic. You know, and, and uh, a couple days later, um, March 17th, uh, 2019, I went to sober living and I surrendered. You know, you've heard the word surrender thrown around a lot. I came to the conclusion I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm fucked up, you know, and, and uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't continue living the way I was living. Um, that was my bottom. Uh, you know, I, I haven't I haven't found a good reason to to pick up or use again since. Um, one day at a time. I've gotten I think today seven fifty four. Uh, I'm 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 grateful and I'm blessed that I haven't haven't had to go out and try again yet. I'm not going to say never because it, this is a one day at a time program. This is a step working program. This is a call your sponsor and put the ego aside program. This is a, you know, this is a life that I never would have imagined living. Um, I've thrown away three marriages due to drugs and alcohol. Uh, about nine years in prison, in and out, due to drugs and alcohol. Um, I just thought that was that was how we how we did this, you know. That I thought I was just living, and uh, you know, once I once I surrendered and and like you've heard too, put down the shovel. Once I put down that shovel, I I, you know, I'm, I'm getting a life that's uh, beyond my wildest dreams. Um, you know, after 17 months in sober living, my wife decided that I might be worth another chance. And 
you know, and, and we were back together today, uh, living with two puppies and a stepson and a, three cats and a parrot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine being anywhere else but where I'm at right now. You know, I, I, I'm, I get to ride with the messengers. You know, I, I get to do stuff like this, come to panels. And I get to share my experience, experience strength, and hope. And, uh, you know, last weekend we had a meeting, and someone had said that, you know, they live 40, they, you know, they, they live their life with two tools in their, their toolbox. That was a sledgehammer and a crowbar, and that got them out of every problem. You know, I, I lived 44 years with a sledgehammer and a crowbar. <clears throat> and once I, once I threw those tools away and put some other tools in the toolbox, gave me a, gave me a new, uh, new lease on life. But just, I can't, it's hard to express the, the, the gratitude I have for the program. Just it's, you know, life, life still happens. Life, you know, I lost, I lost my best friend. Um, July of last year to COVID. Oh, uh, lost about five people total to COVID. Um, and I made it through it sober. You know, I have, I have my brothers. I just, uh, no matter what, you don't pick up and use. It's not always easy, but the, re the reward from not picking up and using is a blessing. And God, God's going to look down and bless you for the things you do. You know, and, and I'm just, I'm so blessed to be here. I thank you guys for uh, taking part in my recovery and just... Uh, one day at a time, man. You can do it too. That's all I got. Hey guys, my name is Redline, and I'm an alcoholic and an addict and all that. Redline. Uh, you know, this whole time everybody's been sharing, I've been sitting here trying to think of something neat and cool to say, <laughs> man. And I still haven't come up with anything really cool to say. So I'm going to try to share a little bit from the heart. Um, I'm not going to share with you what what I did and all that. I I, uh, I started drinking and using at a pretty early age, and and I pretty much drank and used all the way up until I was 46 years old. Uh, somewhere in those years, there might have been a year year and a half of so sober time, but no, no recovery. And uh, when I say recovery, that means I didn't work any steps. I didn't work a program. I didn't. Uh, I didn't take what the, these people suggested for me to do. I think just pretty much did uh, my own self-will, self and it never worked out like that. I went through several rehabs, uh, been arrested a few times for dope and DUIs and all that shit. So all my life, I really never had anything. I'm a high school dropout. Um, I don't know, I labeled myself as a piece of shit because I took I stole, I cheated, I lied, 
and uh, I was a user and an abuser my whole life. If you had something I wanted, then I was going to hustle you out of it. Um, I got sober November 14th of 2014, so that puts me a little over six years sober. It's not a lot of time, but it's, it's a lot for somebody like me. And uh, in these last six years, I've learned how to work a serious program. Um, I've learned how to love myself. I've learned how to be a, a good person. And uh, it's because I guess I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sure you guys have heard that many times. What uh, I wanted to get sober. I was tired of, of doing what I was doing. And so I came into the program. I, I hooked onto a sponsor that, uh, that guided me through the steps and, and uh, showed me the way. And I took my recovery serious this time. Meetings every day. Uh, a support group that I stayed connected with. Um, working my steps with a sponsor. And uh, I think more importantly, I, I learned how to, uh, I learned what a higher power is. I learned God. And uh, I've never had that before in my life. See, the realistic truth is that not all you guys are going to come out of this and stay sober. And I, I hate saying that, but it's just the cold, hard truth, man. Not everybody's going to make it. And I know that because when I was going through rehabs, the people that would come up to panels would share that to me. It's not everybody's going to make it. And I remember sitting back there and going, in the back, how fucking dare you say something like that? Of course I'm going to make it. But it was true every time. And it was because I didn't put forth the effort that you need to put forth into this program. See, it really is a simple program, man. Just do these steps right here. Just do those. Stay out of the fucking bars and the dope houses. And be real to yourself. Be honest with yourself. That'll get you through the steps and that'll get you what we have. See, we're here for you, I'm here for you tonight, but more importantly, I'm here for myself. Because me doing this shit is what keeps me sober today. I said I was a high school dropout. I'm not bragging, but today, you know, I, I make 110, 115 grand a year. Um, somebody like me, a no good piece of shit, dope dealing drunk. I'm currently in the middle of starting a, a small business, man. Again, somebody like me is able to do that. It's only because I work a serious program. I wish you guys the best of luck. I hope you guys all make it. Like they were saying, we're here for you. There's places to go. Go When you get out of here, go get a support group. Go, go get connected to the program, man. Get to know your God. Be honest with yourself when you work those steps. You have to put in 100% effort or you're not going to get shit out of it. What's that saying? You got to change something or nothing will fucking change? It's However, man, it's fucking true. You know? I don't know about you guys, but I, I, 
every now and then I still think about going out and having a beer. I would love that if I could. But see, today I'm able to run the fucking tape through. I, I, I could play it all the way through. And uh, if I go out and have a beer, by the time that 18-pack's done, I'm looking for a bottle of tequila. And once I'm halfway done with that bottle of tequila, I'm calling Chew to get a fucking bag of dope. Later that night, I'm going to be in the fucking closet naked, fucking blowing fucking glass glass bongs and pipes and shit. Don't ask me why, guys. That was just my get down, man. It was... <laughs> but my point is, man... <laughs> Can't take it too serious, man. <laughs> but you do have to be serious about your program, guys. You've got to get connected, get your gods right, get you right. And uh, good luck, man. We love you guys. Thanks for being here. That was it for tonight from the Messengers of Recovery, Riverside. Make sure you tune in next week.